Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Hey everybody, welcome to starting a counseling practice. This is Kelly Higdon. And today I'm joined with Karen Carlson, a psychologist in Cape Cod, who's here to share her story to inspire you. Um, I am really thrilled to introduce you to her. I've walked alongside her through different parts of her journey in private practice, and her story is sure to encourage you. So welcome, Karen. Well, thank you for having me, Kelly. Really excited to talk today about your journey because some of it I identify with um, and um, I think we'll, we'll dig in a little bit. So your practice is in Cape Cod. What do you specialize in? So I'm a, I'm a child and family clinical psychologist. I've been uh, uh, in the field for a long time, <laughs> 30 something years. And uh, Right now I'm specializing primarily in parent consultation and parent coaching and uh, counseling uh, women with anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. Um, Many of my clients also have parenting issues that they are struggling with. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm doing also some psychological evaluations for a school district in my area. So why private practice and when did you decide to take that leap? What did that all look like? Well, it was something that was, uh, that uh, I may not have ever chosen. I uh, was working in the public sector, loving the work that I was doing. And uh, uh, I liked the predictability of it. I liked the regular paycheck and all of that. And uh, I still had a child going through college. But in 2017, I developed a chronic illness that really made it not possible for me to do a nine to five uh, job under fluorescent lighting and not being able to to control my schedule. So that was a really dark moment uh, when I realized I couldn't do what uh, I had planned to do until retirement and uh, spent two, almost two full years on disability. And during that time, I was realizing that I thought that I still had a lot to give. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to to be 60 years old and on disability and heading into retirement. So I sort of realized um, kicking and screaming that private practice was probably the way to do that. What made you kick and scream about it? (laughs) Oh, Kelly, I was so fearful of going into private practice. I am not uh, entrepreneurial in in a lot of ways. I'm not, uh, I had considered private practice on and off and had said, uh, I think that's a lot of work and it's a lot of responsibility. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I was worried about not getting a regular paycheck. And because of my illness, I think I, I, I'm becoming unable to do my work. I had a real crisis of self-confidence. And when you're doing a private practice, you're putting yourself out there. And that was very scary for me. 
I was very fearful. If you look back at my first loom recording, you'll see it. I can see the fear in my eyes. Mm -hmm. So I was worried about, um, I, I didn't know if I had it in me to be a, a business person. Mm -hmm. When you say loom recording, for those that don't know, in boot camp we have, we encourage our members to record themselves at the beginning of the process. So that way they can reflect and see the changes. Sometimes it's just even physical. Like you said, like looking at your face, you could see the fear. Cause I don't see fear today. Looking no, at you. no, not at all. No. What, what do you think helped you maybe walk along? I know the fear didn't go away immediately. Let's just talk mm -hmm. about that. It doesn't just disappear <laughs> and it does come back every so often with different levels of growth, it, but it, does, well, it helps yeah. you walk alongside it better. Well, uh, it, it is a relationship that you always have with a little bit of fear, mm -hmm. but I think that I, for me, giving it all over to my higher power um, has a lot to do with it. Mm -hmm. And I think that the Zinni Me process, the boot camp process, is so, takes you through it so carefully, step by step, that if you get stuck in one place, you can you can always go back. And so um, that's how I manage that fear. What do I, what do I need to learn again? What, what, what haven't I learned that I, that I need to learn and sort of just meeting it with, um, okay, what actions do I need to take? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, really the universe has really taken care of me in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So sort of giving, just giving it over trusting the process, so much support from you and Miranda, but also from my boot camp body. Mm -hmm. uh, that's been, I've met with my boot camp body every single week for over a year. That's awesome. And I think that reaching out to colleagues doing the same thing is super soothing. Mm, yeah. At first, at first, I'm not going to lie. It was anxiety provoking <laughs> yes. to hear what other people were doing. Mm -hmm. uh, I just had a six figure uh, month, you know, that sort of thing. And, uh, and it made me, sometimes I couldn't listen to other people's stories uh, yeah. because it made, because it, you know, but there's something in your man manifesto that says, I don't compete. I stand out. Mm -hmm. So, and I, uh, that's another thing I go back to when mm. I'm getting anxious about is enough money coming in? Mm -hmm. am, am, am I doing the right thing? Am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And I go back to that. How, what is my unique contribution? I remember too, when we first talked about it, cause I feel like we had a phone call. Am I correct? We did. Yes. Yeah. But, and I think there was a discussion too, about when you have chronic illness, the unpredictability of it, right. Um, makes it hard to plan too far ahead. Mm -hmm. And, and I know there is, especially when you're on disability for that chronic illness, there's this fear of, if I let that go, what if I have a relapse or I have, you mm -hmm. know, a worsening of a symptom or something like that. And yeah. so one of the things we talked about was, okay, let's figure out the math of just doing enough for you to get your feet wet, but not kill off the disability completely. Cause that was a big, right. That was the big fear of when I don't trust my body. I don't know what it's going to do from day right. to day. Right. Um, 
what kind of encouragement? I mean, am I recalling that correctly? First yes. of all, yes. Okay. Absolutely. I feel like yep. that was one of the ways to help you get kind of started. Um, mm-hmm. What other things help when it comes to the chronic illness piece? Because I'm finding more, uh, maybe, maybe it's just an increase in chronic illness across the board for our population, but a mm-hmm. lot of therapists have chronic illnesses and mm-hmm. I do as well. Um, and autoimmune stuff, you know, for me is, it is very unpredictable. And so it's like, how do you manage all that? What do you have to say to people who are struggling with that and maybe doing private practice or thinking about it, but also like, how do I move forward with, with this unpredictable? Yeah. Well, and you and I went back and forth a little bit on that Mm -hmm. when we were trying to figure out how many hours Mm-hmm. Should I be doing clinical work? How many? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we talked about, about pacing. And I think that uh, if you have a chronic illness, you, you have to really understand that skill of pacing, knowing what your, uh, when is the best time to see clients? When is the best time to do accounting? When is, you know, the best time? Uh, you have to make room for it. And I've done that by having a completely clear schedule on Thursdays. Mm. And that is the day that I do doctor's appointments. And Mm. when I'm not doing doctor's appointments, I am resting and doing extra Mm self-care. If I have a severe migraine, my issue is migraine. Mm -hmm. If I have a severe migraine and really feel like I can't serve the client, then I can move my Uh, appointment to Thursday. Mm -hmm. And so just knowing that I have that, uh, it's Thursday, Mm -hmm. just knowing that I have that and it's, it's, it's absolutely off limits for, uh, regular appointments. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that might've even been your idea, Kelly. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's how I've managed, right. It's it's helpful mm -hmm. to have at least one full day off so that, um, yeah, that's when my doctor's appointments are and all that and where I can flex things around if I need to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then just being sort of, um, sort of really uh, uh, faithful to the practices that help to reduce chronic pain. So yoga, meditation, uh, walking, uh, these are things that are essential for me. They're not um, they're, they're not luxuries, they're, they're mm-hmm. necessities. And I treat them like medication. And mm-hmm. I know that if I don't do those things daily, I can't uh, be of service. And that's what it's really all about mm-hmm. is, is being your best you. Mm-hmm. And because I've done it this way, I've only had in the past year, I've probably only had three or four days where I had to cancel clients. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think too, how did you learn your pace? For me, it's kind of, I think of it like bowling with bumpers, you know, like you're going for the easy shot, but every so often it hits the edge and you're like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to go that way. How, what was that discovering your pace like? How did that happen? Well, I think it's ongoing. Mm -hmm. I I don't think it's something that you figure out once and then, and then you're done with it. But, um, I experimented with 
what are the best times to see clients. Mm -hmm. I figured out that early morning is best for me. So Mm -hmm. I do an eight o'clock and nine o'clock, sometimes a seven o'clock. And uh, I've also done things like, it's only recently that I've learned late afternoons are not a good time for anything. Mm -hmm. So I end my day at 430. Mm-hmm. And that was really hard for me. I was used to working till six or seven or, or something. So it's, tri- it's a little bit of trial and error and it's a lot listening to your body. Yes. You, you cannot be. be dissociated and you know what I no. mean? That's how we yeah. create relapses. Yeah. You have so to I, really in tune. I can usually tell within the first half hour of my day, mm-hmm. what it's going to look like. Um, I'm affected by weather. Mm-hmm. I'm affected by poor sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, uh, if I had a migraine like yesterday, I had a pretty bad migraine. So today it, it's a day to sort of take it a little bit easy mm-hmm. and, and do less, mm-hmm. uh, do, do the essentials. I saw two clients this morning and th- that's about it for today. And, and just, so, uh, good planning really having goals and objectives, having, um, having that parked somewhere like on a Trello board or, or something Mm -hmm. so that when I'm able to work, I know exactly what I need to do. But I also, I was having trouble with the time management uh, piece of this because I have less time to work than a lot of other people do. So I actually ended up hiring a, a, a coach uh, who focuses on things like time management mm-hmm. that, um, and I did three months of meeting with her weekly and that helped a huge amount mm-hmm. because my illness sort of challenges my focus and concentration and organization. Mm-hmm. So I just needed that one-on-one, some one-on-one support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's been really helpful. So that when I do have to back off, I'm not anxious because mm-hmm. I know exactly what to pick up on the days that I'm feeling great mm-hmm. on the days that I'm feeling good. Now, I know you do testing and you do coaching now. That was. Hey, it's Kelly. Are you enjoying today's episode? There is so much more to starting your private practice. That's why we created Business School for Therapists. It's our lifetime access business building program created especially for you and all the future stages of practice that you are going to go through. If you're ready to join a community that supports you, that to have access to a massive library of private practice trainings covering everything from creating your vision to setting your fee to getting you legally covered and more, this is for you. Simply go to bit.ly slash therapist business school to get started. Not quite yet formed when you nope. first started your practice. It was going to be more uh, therapy based, from what I remember. Mm-hmm. I had some testing. What mm-hmm. d- does the variety of type of service have anything to do with also the chronic illness piece and managing your pacing? Um, or where does this whole niche and service development come from for you? Well, I I've had a career long interest in parenting. Mm -hmm. 
I really thought that I was going to focus my practice on autism yes, uh, because that's a specialty that I have. And I wanted to work with parents doing consulting, do uh, doing therapy, um, uh, consulting for their school programs, and maybe even seeing a youth on the spectrum mm-hmm. in therapy. And I found out along the way that that piece requires some networking and marketing that I haven't even quite gotten to yet. I haven't, I, I, I haven't developed it because of the amount of time it's taking. The universe just started bringing me uh, parents who needed help, mm-hmm. uh, especially women mm-hmm. and uh, some couples. And uh, because I, I, I've started out with taking insurance. So mm-hmm. that brings you kind of a variety mm-hmm. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I found out that I really, especially because of teletherapy, I figured out recently, I don't want to see kids. Mm-hmm. It's not my strength. And, uh, and it was draining my energy every time I felt like I, uh, I was preparing to see a child. Mm-hmm. I realized it wasn't my strength. Mm-hmm. So I stopped, so I, I stopped doing it mm-hmm. and, uh, the universe keeps bringing me parents, not necessarily parents of children with autism, but, mm-hmm. um, a variety of issues. So now next time we have boot camp, I'm going to start, you know, kind of retooling in a more intentional, intentional way. But, um, the parent coaching is really, I think my biggest strength I've been, I've raised three children. Mm-hmm. I've, I've worked so much with families uh, in a consulting role over mm-hmm. the years. And uh, a psychological testing is really a consultation practice in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So that's how that's kind of evolved. Uh, insurance kept sending me these women who were depressed, anxious. Uh, they had sort of lost themselves in the process of parenting and I never thought I was going to see adults clinically, mm-hmm. um, but um, that's how that's how it's evolved. And I think again, being open to whatever the universe brings your way mm-hmm. is is really an important intention that you set. Mm-hmm. And sort of, I, I I I feel like I'm pivoting already, and I've only been in practice for a year. Yeah. I, yeah, it's you, you set your intention and you hold it loosely, you know, because I think one of the things we, yeah, we had talked about in that uh, autism space was what it was going to take in order to get connected because that Mm -hmm. isn't where your connections were at the time or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to start with, you know, the low hanging fruits, the easier Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. You do marketing, you have a website, you've, you've mm-hmm. built some relationships. It's not, it's not that you're not doing anything. There is work that is put into it, but we're right. looking for that, the stuff that's easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then instead of going full for a whole new thing and a whole new push mm-hmm. until you have that, that's a whole pacing thing, I think again, too. Yeah, I think so. And I, uh, I think if you think about doing something and it drains your energy, just to think about it, it might, uh, it might not be the right path to take. So when I talked about intention, I mean, the intention of being open um, to discovering uh, uh, something new. So 
you know, I think that that's what you said, have the intention, but said it loosely, but just, um, just be open. Mm -hmm. um, I look back, back on the, the past year and I can't believe what I'm doing compared to what I thought I'd be doing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I really thought I wasn't going to do evaluations. I, I was feeling like I've done a lot of that. Maybe that's too much work. And then a school district called me this spring and said, we are desperate because of the pandemic. We're behind on our evaluations. And I felt like a, another thing the universe put in my path that, that I just needed to respond to that and uh, found out in those two and a half months that I worked with that school district that I love it. And mm -hmm. it doesn't drain my energy. And it's mm -hmm. an old love that sort of come back. And I realized this is, uh, this is important to me and this, this is a strength. Mm -hmm. And so I'm gonna continue to work with that school district a little bit. Yeah. And uh, it satisfies my need to interact with people. Mm -hmm. it's, it's my favorite way of interacting with kids. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it really, um, it was a lot of work, but it, I feel like it boosted my energy instead of draining it. And I think that's the important thing. Yeah. What's what uh, do you think about doing that just makes you want to take a nap just thinking about it? <laughs> and, uh, and, and what are, what is your, what is your, what you've said, what is your genius? Mm -hmm. uh, what is it that you really are good at? And for me, I had to, because I had done so many things. In I was going to say, this is a unique, this is a little different mm -hmm. of starting a business later after a lot yeah. of experience. Like, how do you land? Right. You do, you have a lot of experience. Right. Right. But, but I'm new to private practice mm -hmm. and it it was a whole, uh, it was a whole, uh, new challenge that I'm still learning about. And mm -hmm. again, peer supervision, my boot camp buddy is so helpful because, uh, she's not new to private practice, but I am. And, mm -hmm. uh, I, uh, back when I was working in the public sector and people said to me, you should go into private practice. That made me exhausted to think about. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm over that hurdle now and I'm loving the freedom. I'm loving the ability to do the work the way I want to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and that was something I really didn't have working in the, in the public sector. I didn't have that freedom to, mm -hmm. to say, how do I really want to work? Now, you I know, know you mentioned so. insurance. And a lot of people mm -hmm. think that it, we're anti-insurance, but we're yeah. really pro what works for you. How did you, yeah. I feel like the choice of insurance, how did you land there? Well, I had already taken those steps before I met you guys. And, uh, and uh, I was already in the process mm -hmm. and I was learning about the pros and cons of insurance mm -hmm. through the Zinimi process. And, uh, and, um, I felt like I was, uh, and then, and then clients started calling through insurance mm -hmm. and I decided that it was more important to me to get started, mm -hmm. uh, on doing work and because of my anxiety around it to actually start working, um, all doing all the marketing to do the work, to end up in a private pay practice mm -hmm. um, 
was was creating a lot of anxiety yes. so I decided to to go with it and and I did I, I do work with insurances that that pay fairly well yeah and, and quickly and a, a, a colleague of mine said she does insurance because she feels like people that don't have the means to pay for private to private pay for mental health services they deserve high quality yes uh, care yeah and that really sort of stuck with me and uh due to the limited amount of time i really can work my goal is to gradually uh go off of insurance just because i have to see, i'm gonna have to see i'm still building but I'm going to have to see a lot of clients to get to the income that I want. And that sounds selfish in a way, but um, it's an energy. It's really an energy issue. Well, I don't know um, if it's selfish, but I I do think it highlights privilege in our, in our um, community that mm -hmm. some people do have the option to be on insurance panels because Mm -hmm. they can work more or they like to work more, or, you know, they have other privileges than someone who maybe has limited time because of their health or a family situation. Mm -hmm. And they don't have the option to absorb that, um, that arm into their practice. And also as a psychologist, your reimbursement rates are a lot different. Well, I think, I, think level that, too. I think that that, that is the mm-hmm. case as well. And, uh, um, you know, I, I got a lot of good, um, not to plug anybody, but I'm going to plug somebody, Barbara, Gr- Barbara <laughs> Griswold. Griswold. We love her. <laughs> is, yeah, I, I love her too. And she's really helpful in h- helping you have the right mindset about insurance mm-hmm. and uh, goes into a lot of detail around that, as do, do, do you guys. I sort of feel like I will always have some yeah. insurance clients, but now it's time to um, uh, change that a little bit. Yeah, it's doing uh, what works for you that allows you to see the amount of clients you can see and do it well. Yeah. And if for any of you out there who are like, you know, I only have 10 hours that I could do clinical work and insurance doesn't reimburse at a rate that would make it even worth doing business or I need to do cash. There's tons of other ways to give back. There's Mm -hmm. tons of other ways to create quality mental health information in the world for people and to support people. And even the types of services we do group, group therapy and um, education classes and all sorts of things. There's lots of ways um, because I do feel like giving back is important and you're right. I feel like everyone should have equity. Like there should be accessibility for mental health, quality mental health services for all. So at the same time, I do really get that it has to be a healthy decision for you. Yeah. And uh, that, that's, uh, um, that's, uh, I do have more options, I think, as a PhD psychologist, uh, and that, that is a position of privilege. Mm -hmm. And uh, you talk so much about all the different ways that you can Mm -hmm. sort of that you can give back. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, so, so sort of uh, reaching uh, 
private pay clients is something that I was afraid to do because I was so afraid of marketing. Mm -hmm. And now a year later, I'm so much more confident that in the next part of this year, uh, uh, I'm going to be doing a lot more on that marketing and, and getting the word out, but also sharing what I know through blogging Mm -hmm. and uh, which is free to the public and, uh, and, and do, uh, being, having more flexibility to do those things, seeing fewer clients, but being yeah. able to do, um, like get out what, what I know. And I think that's just sort of like your niche, right? You start out with this one idea and it's kind of morphed and mm-hmm. that's how practice is. You start out with a model and it morphs over time as your needs change, as your clients needs change, as your desires and, uh, what gives you joy changes, you flex around that as you, it's all learning and responding yeah. and having compassion for yourself to give your life, the business that it needs. And, and in the beginning, I didn't know what it was. I was marketing yeah. or mm-hmm. sharing, and uh, I'm going to plug your program again, because <laughs> um, there's so, there's so many writing activities that you um, assign mm-hmm. um, that help you to explore this issue of what um, what do I do best? What is it I want to put out there in the world? And it's very important if you're going through the program to really do those exercises because that's how I got started and even thinking about that's how I got the idea about autism because I felt like that that's something I know about professionally and personally having a, a child with autism. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's where I started, but uh, I can't believe that I'm doing what I'm doing now mm-hmm. and I'm just loving it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like work. And so, um, yeah. So what kinds of parting words do you want to leave our listeners today who are <laughs> in private practice or thinking about starting private practice, what kind of encouragement do you have that to give from your story? I think the, the, the most important part of the work is really determining who you are Mm. and what your, what your genius is. Uh, What do you want to, it starts with the bootcamp manifesto. What do you uh, uniquely contribute to the field and uh, you need to take time to explore that. And, um, and so I think uh, the whole thing about, I don't compete, I don't stand out, don't compare yourself to what other people are doing. Uh, Make your own health, whether you have a chronic illness or not, make your health your number one priority. And if you build your business around that right away, you're going to be more effective. Yes. So, and just be good to yourself. Just be Mm. kind to yourself. Just think kind, positive thoughts and reach out to people who are doing it and, uh, and be part of the conversation. Karen, you have such wisdom. I am just so happy for you and <clears throat> what what you've come through to to get here it inspires me and um Thank I look you, forward Colleen. for what's to come as we next year or this year start looking at the panels and making even more shifts it's going right. to be good 
Right. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for the work that you do, because I wouldn't have gotten here without that help. And uh, you guys are wonderful. You're doing such important work. Thank you. And um, so thank you back. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you guys, thank you for joining us. As you can see, Karen is an amazing psychologist with a beautiful story. Karen, how can they find you? What's your website? Um, it's, uh, KP Carlson, PhD.com. All right. K is in K is in can- kangaroo. There you go. All right. Thank you guys. Okay. We'll see you next time. I hope you love today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay and constantly battling burnout, Don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinnime.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.